Entrepreneurs Will Save the World. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. We focus on the mindset shifts entrepreneurs make to increase their influence and impact in the world. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast. We would love for you to like, share, and leave a review of our show. Subscribe on YouTube. Most importantly, help us spread the word about the great stories being shared on our show. Just wanted to mention this episode was recorded earlier. And as our audience grows, we just wanted to share some of the value from our earlier episodes. My guest today, Gerilyn Thomas, is a professional organizer, career coach for professional organizers, and an instructor for professional organizers around the world. Gerilyn is the author of Decluttering Your Home, Tips, Tactics, and Trade Secrets, and From Hoarding to Hope, Understanding People Who Hoard and How to Help Them. She appeared regularly for four seasons on A&E's Emmy-nominated TV show, Hoarders, and was featured on the TV show Time Makeover on both the Fine Living Network and Lifetime for Women. She's been a guest on the Today Show, The Nate Berkus Show, and CNN, among other national programs. Gerilyn's speaking engagements included television commercials and voiceover work for Glade, Lysol, and Office Depot. For years, she's been speaking at home and garden shows throughout the USA, as well as private retreats for corporate employees. She loves to talk about organizing, minimizing, and simplifying. In a nutshell, you could say that Gerilyn is a naturally organized organizer who helps small business owners get organized and perfect the process of being imperfectly productive. Well, Gerilyn, I am so grateful that you're willing to jump on today and, and share with us um, your entrepreneurial journey and how you're helping so many other entrepreneurs. And so I'm just excited to, to learn more about what you've done in your life and what you're currently doing. So thank you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I've listened to all of your podcasts and um, I really appreciate the knowledge that you and your guests are sharing with your audience. So I'm very honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. Wow. You are now my new favorite person. That's exciting. (laughs) 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 Wow. Well, so obviously you started as an entrepreneur um, quite a while ago. So tell me about your entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Um, I'm a professional organizer for people that don't know. And um, I specialize in residential organizing. So home organizing. I I was in the travel industry, um, a travel agent back when travel agents were, you know, actually being used for things. And one of the things that I did through my business was I would take groups of doctors, dentists, oral surgeons away on their continuing education seminars. So there's a lot of planning that goes into that, as you can imagine. And I live in um, North Carolina, close to the Chapel Hill Dental School, which means there were all sorts of arrangements that had to be made. You would be shipping skulls to Hawaii or Switzerland, and then you would entertain their families while the doctors and dentists were doing their continuing education stuff. And it was just, you know, I have a lot of really fun travel stories. But anyway, I I knew back then that I was good at having a lot of plates spinning in the air. 
And I really enjoyed the people that I was working with. It was so much fun. Um, and one of the things that I learned is that when really smart, well-educated people travel, they sort of leave the worrying to someone else and they forget all those brilliant things they learned in school. So we'd be on a cruise ship and you know you have to get their luggage out the night before at midnight so there would be notes there would be lectures there would be reminders please remember to keep your toothbrush and whatever you're wearing off the ship in the morning inevitably someone would forget to put their luggage out or they'd forget to leave clothes so there were many really well established <laughs> oral surgeons marching out in their pajamas and slippers <laughs> So, you know, everyone is human. Um, but once I had children, I, I got married and uh, we had two children 14 months apart, which is an adventure in itself. And I didn't want to keep traveling. So I stopped doing that. And um, I joined what lots of parents do, uh, some parent play groups. And as time went on, it became obvious that Again, I liked, I had systems and processes in place. So I'd show up at the play groups and these moms and dads would be pulling their hair out. Oh, I can't get dinner on the table. I can't clip coupons. I can't, that's when people clip coupons. I can't um, manage laundry. So after a while, I started volunteering and saying, hey, if you want to watch the boys, my boys, um, and everybody continues playing, I'll slip in and do your pantry, your laundry room, your closet, whatever. And then afterwards, we'll do a show and tell. That is how my business was born. Wow. Because people started saying, come to my house and do this. And then <laughs> one of the women in the playgroup, um, her husband really liked what I did in the pantry and the uh, mudroom. And he said, could you come help me do my garage? I'll do all the building, but you just give me the layout, your vision. I said, sure. Went and did it. It was great. And he said, can you come to my office? I said, sure. Then his friend called, can you come to my office? I said, sure. So those two got together and sat me down and I was kind of doing it um, in the spirit of generosity. I enjoyed it. And they said, we're paying you. And I'm like, oh no, I really love this. And <laughs> I'd never owned a business before. I always worked, you know, doing business for someone else. And they kind of explained, like, you have a gift. You are really good. We would pay a consultant thousands of dollars to think like this. And you're a business expense. So from now on, promise us that you're going to take that check. And this is going to be a business adventure. And that's how my business was born. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's you a fun story. Yeah, well, you figured out the hard part for most people first. <laughs> so, yeah, in an organic yeah. way. Right. And do what comes naturally or do what you know. I, I don't, I think it takes more to run a business, obviously, than passion. If you've ever read the E Myth Revisited, right? The woman likes to bake pies. She starts baking pies like a maniac and then realizes, I don't know how to run a business. All I want to do is bake pies. It's very much like that when you start your business. There's a lot behind the scenes. Absolutely. But having having the gift of knowing what you know problem you solve and, and how you can help people out the door is is super great. Like <laughs> so yes, many people spend years trying to figure out their niche. <laughs> well, and you must feel this too, right? When you reach out to people in a community and you feel it's very rewarding to be able to help people in such a way it comes so naturally to you, natural to you. 
And I have people tell me all the time, like, I had no idea how to do that. Like, how do you even think like that? How do you name files? You know, so there's lots of little tips and tricks, but um, people are genuinely very grateful for the help. That's that's fantastic. And so obviously connection was a huge part of getting you started because these two men collaborated to <laughs> to say we're we're going to help you get started. And so how did it go from there? Well, it went <laughs> really well. I started thinking about, you know, I had never owned a business. I've said that my husband is an attorney and he has a, a, a partnership, a law firm but his business was so different. And I didn't know anyone who owned a small business. I grew up in a um, hardworking blue collar home. So my parents, you know, my dad worked in a factory. My mom worked in a hospital. So I had to just um, start reading and reading and reading and networking and connecting. And a lot of times I feel like, you know, the people I'm now coaching uh, small business owners, how to start a business, how to scale a business a little bit. I don't do mammoth scales or anything, but we're so fortunate now with MOOCs, right? Online edu open education um, webinars, books that we can download instantly, blog posts. So I feel like we're in a much better place, thankfully, for business owners now. But I had to learn from the, you know, I was scrappy when I started. And I'm the first person to tell the people I coach, I have never been the smartest person in the room, but I will work really hard and I'm very resourceful. <laughs> so those are kind of like what I think I have going in my, uh, you know, in my favor, if you want to say that. Absolutely. Sounds like you're definitely scrappy. So when did you transition from doing um, organization for people to helping on other people start their businesses or coaching them through their businesses? Okay. So in 2009, um, I had earned the credentials of what's called a certified professional organizer specializing in chronic disorganization. And I was trained to work with people with hoarding disorder. Wow. And um, if you don't know what that is, it's extreme clutter and it's a mental health disorder, right? The DSM has now diagnosed as on its own as a um, mental health disorder. But uh, producers in Seattle called me on the phone and said, would you be willing to come out here and do, um, a, I think they called it a screen test or a sizzle reel or something. Well, <laughs> the truth is behind the scenes, my husband's niece was visiting and she just had a baby. And my boys were both at school, like first and second grade or something like that. I was so wrapped up in getting a little baby time and I wanted her to go get her nails done or go just have a few hours to herself because I just wanted to snuggle this little baby and spend some quality baby time. So the person on the phone, I was trying to get off the phone as quickly as possible because I had this adorable little bundle in my arms. And I said, um, I'll think about it. It's not really something I'm interested in. Well, she called back and she said, <laughs> Hey, we're really serious. We really want you to come. You have the credentials. So I flew out there and that's a long story, but I ended up doing four seasons of the show Hoarders as one of their professional organizers. After that, I realized I was bombarded. And I mean, 14 hours a day, I was spending on the telephone answering calls from therapists around the country, other professional organizers around the country landlords around the country. 
How do I get rid of somebody? How do I declutter? <laughs> what do I do with stuff in storage? How do I treat these people? So it was not too long after that, I realized I was just burning out, giving away all my time and energy and information on the phone. And again, I heard, I heard that voice from long ago. You have to charge for this. Like people will value your information more. It will be more organized. And again, I'm a systems and processes person. So it didn't feel good just to keep randomly answering the phone, chit-chatting with people, hanging up, taking the next one. I had to put a system in place for that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so it became survival. <laughs> yes. And again, um, I hope, I know one of the things that you aim to do on your show is provide a lot of value and inspiration for people who are um, starting their businesses or growing their businesses. And I can tell you, I feel like the poster child after listening to some of your other guests who just, it seemed to come so intuitive and natural for them. I feel like I made tons of mistakes, fall down, get up, fall down, get up. But I learned a lot. So now when I'm coaching people, I share these stories of like, don't do what I did. And here's why. <laughs> well, absolutely. I think uh, the, the fall down and get up is, is entrepreneur 101. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I heard somebody on a previous show say, you don't correct a baby when they're learning to walk and they fall. You just say, OK, get up, do it again. I think that's such such wise thing to remember. Ab absolutely. So so how did you develop the confidence to uh, obviously go on television? And, and how was was all of that? <laughs> you know, that is something that. Um, just didn't phase me. I felt I have the ability to block out the cameras, the producers, the lighting, all these, you know, big mic booms. That was not a big deal to me. My passion and concern and um, my goal was always to connect with the client who had the, the clutter problem. And I thought if I can connect with them and I didn't do this alone, I always, one of the nice things about networking is um, I connected with other professional organizers in the area before I landed because <laughs> I flew all over the country doing this and I would get together teams and seriously, they did all the hard work, all, all the stuff put in boxes and organized and sorted and all that, that was done by teams of organizers and then some professional junk hauling folks. I got, I was fortunate. I got to connect with the person that the wow. client. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so they made me look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and what a challenge though. Right. I mean, obviously that, that, that's a very, in so many cases, I mean, obviously it's a mental health issue, but it's also for, for so many people, their attachment to that, to that, to their stuff, even if oh, the rest yeah. of us look at it like garbage, for them, this is this is their life. Their entire life is tied up into this collection yeah. that they've made, and and helping people to to actually let go of that and change change their lifestyle has to be so challenging and yet so rewarding if it when it works. And it's interesting because everyone's level of comfort about how much they own and how much they hang on to is very different. Now, part of the mental health disorder with hoarding is that um, they value everything equally, right? So you'll see people on the show who here's 10 soiled pizza boxes. 
versus your children are going to be taken away from you at five o'clock tonight when department of social, mm-hmm. unless we can get your bathroom usable and your kitchen functioning and all that stuff. And they're seriously struggling like, gosh, pizza boxes, my kids, pizza, but I love them both. And we don't understand that. It's, it's heartbreaking. Oh yeah. Don't, don't get emotional. I'll get emotional. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, and, and I guess I appreciate, I've seen enough of the show to appreciate that, that they're not, the show's not making a joke of these people. The show is, the show is no. showing the, the true side and truly trying to help. And so I appreciate knowing that, that a professional organizer was leading these teams and helping to, to truly transform these people's lives because that, and is a, that is a huge transformation. And they're, they are in crisis. It's not like they just have to clean their closet because, you know, spring, fall, winter 21 fashions are coming out. These are people who are bringing someone home from the hospital or are going to have their children taken away or their pets removed. So mm-hmm. it's, it's extreme. Yeah, definitely. Well, that, I mean, obviously you got to travel, you got to, to meet and work with, with a lot of different people. I like that, that you connected with local, um, companies and, and local organizers. Um, and, and obviously that grew your network <laughs> quickly as oh, well. A million times. And really none of the fun stuff behind the scenes is on the air, of course. But the fun stuff is you have to remember people with mental health disorders are real people. Many of them are high functioning. They live among us in our community. This is just one little thing in their life or big thing, you know, according to how big. But um, they're real people. There were lots of laughs. There were lots of warm, tender moments. Um, the recidivism rate, unfortunately, is extremely high with hoarding disorder. So very few people are cured. Um, it's more like trying to maintain uh, some level of um, quality of life. Yeah, because I mean, really they're they're burying themselves <laughs> in, and so being able to. I, I mean, we're no different, right? Like if I don't change my habits, if I, I can, I can spring clean and I can, I can dive in and do this super duper clean on the weekend in the middle of March. But if I don't change my habits, the stuff I picked up and everything is going to be back in all the wrong places in, in just a short time. So in a, in a way, I'm no different when it comes to habits. If I don't change my personality or, or you know, I'm not going to change the behavior that keeps putting all these things in all the wrong places. Right. And all of us, every, so every mental health disorder, every quality, every trait in my mind, I I always have to visualize things. It's like one of those sliding scales, right? So maybe you're a real neat Nick around the house with your, you know, stuff in your kitchen, but maybe digitally, you kind of hang on to old photos and old documents. So we all have different levels. And, you know, again, think of those sliding scales. Each of us has, does well in one area and maybe not so great in the other. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, one of the big things obviously we focus on with entrepreneurs is helping them change their story from their past so that they can change their identity because identity change is where you know, your, your belief system and your behavior system work together to, to get you doing the things that you, you want to do. Um, and right. so organizing is, is kind of a foundational um, piece in that, you know, Tony Robbins talks about five domains in life and, and he talks about your career and your, your finances. And, and I've actually added, 
your space to that because of my personal experience with space and knowing your environment and how much that plays into your mindset and your attitude and just just how you feel. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. So here's just a little <laughs> a little side story for you. One of the things that I noticed about myself is, you know, my boys are 25. Our boys, I keep saying my boys. Um, my husband's there too. <laughs> Our boys are 25 and 26 now. And my husband was married before. So there's a 40 year old in there. But one of the funniest things is when my boys were so small, nine months apart, it's such a chaotic time. Like parenthood is really not talked about enough, like how crazy it can be. But one of the toughest things for me is I do like things neat and in their place. I'm not a fanatic. We don't live in a museum, anything like that. But babies are clutter magnets. There were bottles. <laughs> Everything's different colored plastic, right? like a jumpy seat, a bouncy ball. I thought I'd lose my mind with all that stuff in the house. I like a clear, you know, that's how I think best. So I was loco for a while. Oh, boy. Yeah, I definitely. So. I managed to get my kids out of the house, but my grandson comes back now. So oh, <laughs> you're a grandpa. I didn't realize that. How nice. Yeah, yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun and it, it's a huge blessing to be able to help my daughter, especially now. My my wife's uh vision board goal is you know to be a stay-at-home grandma, which oh. she got to be a stay-at-home grandma, but she didn't realize that she'd be working at home. And so <laughs> so now she's working at home and still a grandma, but we're it's hoping the job's going to with a spin on it, right? Yeah. Well, those details, right? You just got to work out the details. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. My goal is to get her out of her job by October. So we'll see. It's oh, uh, we're close. Very specific. Yeah. I like it. Exactly. Man, I just re really appreciate how much. You know, obviously, you've had an exciting journey, and now you're helping. You know, helping other people um, on your on their journeys. Um, how much has, has contribution been a part of your business and growth? Um, well, that's such a big, I mean, <laughs> that's a big word, contribution. So um, there's people who've contributed to my success, um, you know, in in ways they'll never realize how, how much they've helped me. Um, and then there's ways that I try to pay it forward now. So um, I know I'm, you've asked other guests about character. And I always think that um, citizenship, and for me, that includes giving back to the community in which you live or giving back to, sometimes it could be just a complete stranger who needs help. Um, that's, that's huge to me. And um, it sounds a little odd, but it's becoming more and more important as I age. And um, I realize how finite life is, right? So these things, um, we are all connected. I mean, it, I used to think of the world as kind of segmented, like we lived in very different, you know, this group is in this country and they have different beliefs and systems. And, but now, um, you know, thanks to social media, thanks to the news, thanks to maybe age and just a tad of wisdom. Um, we it's we're not that separated. We are all one living on this big old rock and we're all revolving, you know. So um, contribution is really big. And I 
make an effort now to volunteer more, to give back more, to smile more, to stop and smell the roses more, just a lot more awareness. Well, I really, I really appreciate that recognition of citizenship, right? Like our role, mm -hmm. our role in, in our community, in, you know, for our country and, and those as, as a part of character, that's, that is really important. And so I appreciate yes. you sharing it that way. Um, Thank you. Having, having served in, in the Marine Corps and, and uh, grew up a Boy Scout was, my son was an Eagle Scout. And so I definitely have an appreciation for our, our country and, and, uh, our role, right? Our, our responsibility really as citizens to, to take care of, you know, yes. we talk about paying taxes. I love paying taxes. That's a huge thing. I teach entrepreneurs is let's, let's pay taxes. Let's pay more taxes. <laughs> Be excited about paying more. I feel that way when I pay subcontractors who, you know, work on my team. I'm, I write that check with joy thinking how grateful am I that I'm able to help them find work and they're able to help me. I mean, it's just a really, yeah, it, so much of it is mind and, and the way we frame things in our mind. Right. And that's one thing about coaching is it's reframing the way we think. Absolutely. Well, that's why I, the big thing I do is help people change their story. And really it's change the story they tell themselves about their past, about their present and, and of course about their future. And so helping them reframe those stories um, from victim to responsible and, and being able to say, you know what? Yeah, this terrible thing may have happened to you, but you don't have to be a victim in in the way you tell yourself what happened and the way you you deal with what happened going forward. Um, you can you can let it go and you can use it to make you stronger, bigger, better and, and not have it be this string that's pulling you back 20 years, because that's what a lot of folks do. Right. Don't dwell in the negativity and try to find the silver lining and move on. And I realize that I'm saying that kind of like fluffy, you know, um, we don't know everybody's specifics, but a lot of times we just hold ourselves back from being successful or happier or more. I, I cringe a little, even when I use the word happy myself, I, I always tell my clients like aim for content, be content rather than happy because happy kind of in some people's minds, like, la, 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 I'm happy. Well, content is satisfied and um, really feeling a meaningful connection with, I know some people listening might not have other people in their lives. They might not have a partner or a spouse or children or grandchildren or, or but, uh, and they might not have a pet. But one of the most um, powerful things I learned in a meditation class was from the teacher. And she said, think about something that means that is meaningful to you and then you know you're lying there in a state of trying to breathe and focus and all that stuff but she went on to say there are so many people that don't have something to care for and she said even if it's a plant or a piece of furniture that you care for or an article of club and i thought what a beautiful expression and what a nice way to think about other humans right so again, it's just that reframing that I love thinking about that. It's kind of like um, enlightenment versus transformation, right? You can be enlightened, but not transformed. And you can transform, but not necessarily be enlightened. Right. Well, and, and I think, you know, for me, my character journey is, is how can I learn to love others more, right? Because I think love is, love is the ultimate expression of, 
God, um, you know, the universe. And I think loving others is the ultimate example of you know, the highest level of character. And, and, and so, so yeah, finding ways to, to care for, to care for others, to invest in others, to, to, to listen, right? Like for me, listening is just, you know, one of the joys I have in learning other people's stories and background. And I'm, I've been fascinated. I've, I've been lucky enough to travel around the world and, and visit lots of different places and, and just learning stories and, and learning about where they're at, not judging, you know, you, right. they live in a, they live in a mud hut that's made out of, you know, cow dung. And, and yet yeah. they have fascinating stories um, right. and they're, and they're happy and content far more than we are. And they have certainly have far less. Um, and so, yeah, it's being able to, to be content and, and find, find that within yourself. And then of course, right. you know, share it. Yeah. <laughs> we were meant to help each other in, in whatever way possible. Right. And I think that's the ultimate entrepreneur journey is finding out how you can help people and doing it. Right. <laughs> like that's, and, and, and you're kind of a great example of that. You just started helping people and then they start paying you for it. It's like, Ooh, that's the perfect, <laughs> that's the perfect combination. And then you figure out how to do the business stuff. Cause you can learn that, right. If you're passionate right. about what your service you're offering, you can learn, you can learn the accounting or outsource it. You can, you can learn how to, you know, schedule a calendar and, and figure out those things that, that are necessary. Um, and, right. and so, we will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. I realize this is your show, but may I ask you a question? Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Um, you are really a good listener, an excellent listener. I, I, you do what I consider active listening. Is that did that come naturally to you, or did you is that an acquired skill? Uh, I mean, it, it was a little natural, but I, I spent 20 years in ministry as a pastor, missionary. And so um, that it became important to listen it, and mm -hmm. far more important to listen than to talk. And so, <laughs> so yeah, I think, uh, you know, being able to listen is, is I think it's a lost art. I you know, hope it's not completely lost, but I, I want to revive it. <laughs> Because the more people would listen, the obviously the better we would be as a, a culture. Right. I that old saying, we have two ears, one mouth, use them accordingly, right? <laughs> so, it sounds anyway. so simple, which is of course the simplicity of entrepreneurship is right. Do what you do what you love and become the very best at it. And and yes. you, you would you would have a great business. So you know, but you have to be a go-getter, right? You have to be a little scrappy because you got to figure out some of those things that don't come naturally. Um, but, but like you said, now there's so many tools. There's so many, you could learn, you could learn a business online and then learn how to run the business online and be doing it all based on YouTube videos. 
So a hundred percent. I live on YouTube. I mean, I am on there, you know, how to clean a pomegranate, go to YouTube, how to, you know, change a flat tire, go to YouTube, how to upload StreamYard, go to, go to YouTube. So it's all there, right? <laughs> Somebody is teaching you up there. Absolutely. <laughs> and you've heard that saying, right? I, I always think of this every time I log on to YouTube, which is um, when the student is ready, the teacher shall appear, right? Oh, very so, good. Yeah, I, I love that. I think of that about a million times because how many times have people tried to teach you something or tell you something? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then when you're ready, like you need to pull that out. It's like, okay, now I have to go back and, you know, listen to what that person was saying about this. Yeah, for me, it was always my my dad. Like, why are you so critical of me? Why did you, why are you judging me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and mostly with organization. As as a, I was an organ, organizationally challenged teenager. Oh, I don't know if that's it. <laughs> oh, there 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 was no organization. I pretty much just put it wherever I wanted to. <laughs> piles of laundry, well, piles of. <laughs> there's so. evidence that states the teen brain is not is not as great at organizing. It takes a little um, a little bit of age and wisdom. So when did you, I'm sure the military helped you get organized, right? They, they definitely, they did. Yes. <laughs> That's Yeah, I went straight from piles of stuff all over my room to, oh yeah, everything's lined up in exactly where it needs to be. Um, and that's, that's the advantage, right? Like uh, recognizing that they helped you determine this is the per this is the order that you put it in. This is where it has to be, and and you know give everything a place. And I think I learned, um, you know, why why is the kitchen typically the most organized room in people's house? Because the kitchen has all the designated, you know, the silverware goes in that drawer, the plates go in this place, the cups go in that place, and it, it's the one place in in your house that most people have already designated all the right spots, and and right. You know, in general, right now, obviously, <laughs> there's no, no, exceptions. Well, and I'll, I'm thinking of a, a million times I've used this example with my clients, but I will often say very rarely does someone have to run around the house night and day and say, where's my toothbrush? Where, like we do with our car keys and our cell phone chargers and all that. Where's my phone? Where's my keys? Where's my shoes? It's because your toothbrush is pretty much kept for most people right next to the sink with the toothpaste. Everything is there ready to use. So let that be your example. The other thing I'll say about the military is that it's a great equalizer. Everyone comes in and they just strip you of your ego and you're all at at square one and they teach you their process exactly how they want you to do things there is zero room for question it's taught to you and you follow instructions and you'll do well <laughs> exactly yep it that's only the first three months typically and then after that you're kind of right. on your own but they yes. do more inspections yes. every now and again so so they yes. still have that same uh crazy cycle of you know you're free to do what you want for three months and then we're going to do an inspection and everybody has to clean. So yes, yes. <laughs> let the inspections so are, keep it all in order. Right. And it's, you know, it's fitness, it's sleep, it's everything. It's, it's kind of cool. It's so all encompassing. And um, while we're talking about citizenship and uh, all that nice stuff, giving back, when we learn more about what people in the military do, not only, not only the folks in the military, but their families who move, you know, 15 times in 18 years or 
pack up in a heartbeat and you're moving to a different country or you're losing your mom or your dad for nine months a year, the year they're going on a submarine. It's just amazing. I don't think a lot of us stop and think about all the sacrifices that military families make. So thank you, everyone in the military and your families. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, definitely have gratitude and uh, appreciate those people that that serve both in the military and I think, you know, our paramedics and firefighters and police officers oh, that wow. put themselves yeah. on the front line yeah. for us. Right. Well, and speaking of, so you mentioned um, giving back. Um, how has gratitude been helpful in your growth? Gratitude is, um, again, the more I learn about it, the more fascinating of a topic it is. And I really started focusing more on gratitude after doing a, um, like a semester long program at Duke Integrative Medicine for mindfulness based study. And um, yeah, it was intense. It was, and I was one of their test subjects. Imagine that. So it was extra fun. Um, they have you go in and think of um, some way that you've been like had hurt feelings or something that just bothers you a lot and they monitor your blood pressure, they draw your blood and they do this for several weeks. Then you take this big, long, comprehensive course for several weeks and you're led through meditations and you're given examples. I learned so much about myself. Um, and then afterwards, it really is like you're kind of a little enlightened and a little transformed because that's when I started realizing, wow, gratitude has a huge impact on just your daily life, like little things that you don't normally think about. So one of the thing, one of the experiments was go a day without smiling or um, greeting people. Oh, you wow. Know, you, yeah. So weird, right? And you're natural, most of us, many of us, not most of us, that's a blanket statement. I shouldn't use those. Um, <laughs> retract that from the record. <laughs> Most of many of us uh, will go out in public and just like smile at a stranger or nod your head or thank you. Take my grocery cart. You know, you're here first. OK. When you take those little things away in life, it's it changes the way you feel about everyday interactions. And now I think about this with masks. Right. We're not we're not able to smile. You can kind of smile with your eyes, but looks kind of like you need stronger glasses sometimes when you do <laughs> But gratitude really does make every day a little bit better, a lot of things. And some days you have to really search. You might not be in a great place, especially for new business owners, new parents, grieving <laughs> people. Um, it's hard work and it's hard to find something to be grateful for, but keep looking, keep digging. And again, you know, a, a gentle breeze, the sunshine, the rain, whatever, whatever. So. Gratitude is a cool topic to study. Absolutely. So you mentioned mindfulness. What What is mindfulness to you? Well, for me, it is pushing the pause button. And I mean, um, it's kind of like there's some movie in the past. I'm horrible with names, but like the guy has a remote control or a, it's kind of like it reminds me of like a taser gun, but it's a remote control and he just presses pause and people freeze that's how I do my mindfulness. When I feel overwhelmed, whether it's business related, personal, you know, whatever, 
I just think to myself, freeze, freeze. If it's in a parking lot, if you're sitting on the couch, if you're in bed, just freeze and breathe through it and take a beat. It's kind of like we unplug our electronics, right? Like let them, let them reset, reset, reset. So, um, if nothing else, that's my advice for having a moment of mindfulness. Now, if you have the luxury of having a few more minutes, I would say unplug from some of the social media. I got off Instagram. I tell my clients, like, you don't need to be on everything, even though marketing, and I, I do marketing with my clients, but you just have to pick and choose your priorities and be mindful and purposeful and intentional about what you're doing, how you're spending your time, who you're spending your time with, right? Very important. And what you're putting out there and what you're absorbing, because we are kind of like sponges, right? We absorb, you know, so-and-so is an influencer. They've got 60 pairs of shoes. Well, the average person doesn't really need 60 pairs of shoes, right? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. I'm not a minimalist, but um, mindfulness is about making important choices and just decompressing at least two times a day. Ooh, I like that. So you mentioned travel stories. We're going to turn the page a little. What's what's your favorite travel story? Well, let's see. Do you want a, tra a travel story? I'll give you a personal travel story. How's that? Rather than ratting out some of my clients. Okay. Um, some of my favorite travel stories are with my husband and we've we've taken some really nice trips but one of my favorite travel moments again talk about stopping pausing and being grateful is we went to an island in the caribbean and we had a rental car and we were out to a nice dinner and it was you know fresh seafood and the meal was great and we had wine and the breeze was wonderful and we got in the rental car and we were coming home and it just it was one of those like open jeep things and i just happened to look up and i have never seen a blanket of stars like this before the sky was inky black the stars were hundreds it looks like diamonds in the sky so we pulled over we just sat back in the jeep and thought how lucky are we it is so magnificent and beautiful but sometimes i think it took just a moment of looking around to kind of be aware of that right so that's a nice travel story. Meeting people on trips is always fun. Um, you know, I don't know where you want to go with that. So, <laughs> oh, it's that's completely up to you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. All right. So you brought your husband up. What was your favorite date? Oh my gosh. Um, hmm. My husband makes me laugh a lot. So. Um, Oh, I have a lot of funny dates. Uh, all right. <laughs> so this, is, this is something <laughs> we, and this costs nothing except the price of an ice cream cone. So that tells you how easy I am to entertain. But we go to Chapel Hill every once in a while. We'll buy, and Chapel Hill is where I went to college, UNC Chapel Hill. And we will go to an ice cream shop or whatever's available and grab an ice cream and sit on a bench on Franklin Street, which is the main drag in downtown Chapel Hill. And we make up stories about people walking by. And <laughs> we don't know these people, but my husband, who's usually not into stuff like this, has this 
like I'm thinking, where, who is this person? He gets really creative. He will give details like I'm thinking, what? And I, I told him, I said, maybe you should be a screenwriter or one of those personality casting types in Hollywood. But those are those are really my most fun, most precious dates because it's just the two of us. We're usually eating ice cream, drinking coffee, something like that, and pass, you know, an hour or two just making up stories about average people walking by. I I love that. So I I'm a I'm a huge advocate of of tapping into our creativity and that our creativity gets challenged and shut off as we transition from childhood to to adulthood, um, and and it gets replaced with competition and this this yeah. drive that 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 I think tends to shift negative versus creativity can trump um, competition. So I just love that you're tapping into creativity in in a, in a cute, fun way, and yet that that's doing so much for your brain and so much for your ability to think and function apart from, you know, playing the, the ice cream dinner date. <laughs> so that's fantastic. <laughs> Which is happens to be one of my favorite food groups, ice cream. Yeah. Not, not good for the waistline, but really good for the imagination. Well, I've been, my, my wife was hospitalized recently and, and she's found that ice cream was the one thing that she still seems to have an appetite for. So we've pretty much gone to ice cream every other day so far. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying all the different ice cream places. She will be, yeah, yeah. Okay. She had a she had an aortic dissection, so um, open heart surgery and a second procedure, and thirteen days in the hospital. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, yeah, and she's far too young for that, but she's uh, gonna make a full recovery, and that's my goal for her not to go back to work. Absolutely! So. Wow. What's her favorite ice cream? Just out of curiosity. Um. So I think she likes vanilla ice cream with cookie dough in it. Okay, that's good. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> There's no such yeah. thing as bad ice cream, so. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, we're trying to make sure. We're, we're, we're posting on Facebook every day that it helps the healing process. And so nice. pretty much 100% of the people agree with us so far. <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to disagree with that. Absolutely not. There you go. So, So what inspires you? Oh, my gosh. Um. I don't know. I don't know if you're ready for this answer or if your listeners are ready for this answer. It's I don't think I don't think anyone's on your show has ever said this. I'm inspired by death. He nods his head quietly. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Um a few years ago, my dad passed away and he had Alzheimer's and anybody listening knows that is a long road and it is not fun for caretakers and, and it's sad. And um, the truth is I did not have a great relationship with my dad growing up. So uh, we didn't get along well and I couldn't wait to move out. I moved out and he was, he became better and better as I <laughs> moved further and further. Um, but he, uh, my parents moved down here when uh, our sons were born, and they are the best grandparents. So, you know, it's all it's all good. However, um, when Alzheimer's came into the picture, again, silver lining is I was able to spend time with my dad that I never had as a girl or as a teenager. My dad was more childlike. So 
Um, and again, this meditation teacher taught me so much. She would say that she was sitting with somebody who was um, pass, uh, passing and it took several weeks, but um, she said she would just sit and breathe and listen. So I thought, okay, I'm going to channel my inner, her name was Rita, is Rita. I'm going to channel my inner Rita and just sit, sit with my dad. But what I found is my dad loved to tell stories over and over and over and over again, like many people do. Um, and I could listen to those stories and I could ask him questions and we could watch TV together. He loved Frasier. And <laughs> the funniest thing is the show would have like three episodes and then repeat again and again. My dad would laugh at the same exact things. And I kept thinking, isn't this interesting? So humor must be like really hardwired into your brain. But anyway, after he passed, that whole process really made me think about how finite our time is and how you just don't know, like your wife is hospitalized right now with something so serious and scary, and she's way too young to be going through this. We don't know, right? We really have no idea when the end is near. So that's why I say death inspires me to do things now, to do things today, to be proactive, to appreciate little things that might otherwise slip by. Absolutely. Yeah. You, my mom's in a memory care with, with Alzheimer's and it's a big, it's a big part of my driver for understanding mindfulness and understanding our brain and, and using that to help my clients as well as, as well as myself. Um, and yeah, mom would, so I got the chance. I wanted dad to get away. He was, he was her caretaker and he had a chance to go on a, you know, the mission trip to Mexico. And I, I jumped off the trip so that he could go. And I stayed, stayed home with mom. And, you know, she, we'd start each day and she'd read the newspaper and she'd go through it over and over. And it, it was interesting because she'd pick up the same, she can't, I don't think she could read anymore, but she could pick up the same headlines. Mm -hmm. So, so she'd read through it. And every time she read through it, it was the same headline she'd point out like, Oh, look. Yeah. And, <laughs> and right. so, yeah, there, there's always those, those interesting things. And, um, for my, my dad, it was a, it was a real challenge because, um, oh, living with mom would, a different mom story, would right? tell, mom would tell stories that, you know, she was on flight 93 when it landed in the river and, you know, everybody got saved and, and they got wet and everybody at the camper place to tell the story is all like, Ooh, ah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and did those things really happen to her or was that her imagination? No, I think so. I think she'd watch the news and then she'd, she combined, you know, she had been to New York right before that, but so she combined her trip to New York with the news story. And, and then, yeah, in her mind, she absolutely was there. Um, yes. She, she talked about being in New York at 9-11 as well. And so, so she's, yeah. she, and my poor dad in the beginning was trying to, you know, I got to correct it. I don't want them all thinking she's lying right. or she's this. And I'm like, dad, it just, it just doesn't matter. It, it doesn't yes. matter. Right. But so that's so I hard, have, so hard I to know. let go of. I have a really funny story. I was having lunch with my dad while he was in a memory care unit and being cared for. And he, at that point, had pretty much stopped eating. So it's it's mm. not long after that, right, that um, they usually pass. Right. But anyway, we were sitting at a lunch table um, and I was the only visitor. So I was seated with, I think, four other people and one nurse. And they had the news on in the background. And it was the time, it was during the time when Al Chapo was escaping and all this. 
And this woman who itty bitty little, as American as she could be, looks at the TV and says, that's my old boyfriend, Al Chapo. And we all were like, what? Oh, for like three seconds, your mind wants to, right? Because we are, we want to believe people when, and then it became apparent, like, no, 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 this is not happening. And uh, but it was tell me like, more. <laughs> yeah, tell us more. So, um, yeah, mind is fascinating, right? We, we never know. And I fear, oh my gosh, please don't let that happen to me because I can only imagine what will come out of my mouth. Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely one of the most heartbreaking and terrible, terrible things. And I'm thankful that my sister and I are able to protect my dad from it in a lot of ways um, because it, it's just, it. their 55th anniversary was just last week. And, and you're like, how do you, how do you help dad say happy? No, it's like your know, mom's yeah. been away, gone mm -hmm. from him, yeah. you know? And so my sister and I are able to try to protect him from that. And so her mm -hmm. and I visit and her and I are coordinating all of her care so that he doesn't have to keep getting pulled back into that emotional roller coaster of her being alive, but yet not <laughs> who she was at oh, all. So well, not to lecture you. <laughs> but I hope you're practicing some self-care because you're caring for your wife and worrying about your dad. And, you know, that's that's tough. You are in a tough place. So the great the great thing about my world is that I have so many people around me that that care and have done incredible things. And um, I didn't even know DoorDash was I mean, I've avoided like delivery services and somebody gave right. us a huge DoorDash card. That's like the coolest thing in the world. Um, but we chose not to get ice cream delivered because we figured that wouldn't work. Like that's right. like getting McDonald's fries delivered and they just wouldn't be any good to eat. <laughs> no, it's better your way. I agree. <laughs> so we've been going out for ice cream, but we've been ordering food in. <laughs> that's wonderful. Good for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so appreciative of, of a, the opportunity I had in the same situation as you recognizing that because of my business and because of the way we set things up, I was able to be with her all day at the hospital every day and uh, our podcast still put post, they still posted all by themselves because they were already set up to go. And um, we canceled, you know, canceled group sessions and a few of those things, but that you just push those, you know, a couple of weeks. And so my business didn't, it, it was in maintenance mode for two weeks and, and that allowed right. me to do that and, and have the freedom to, even be flexible. Like today we're going to the doctor tomorrow. We're going to the doctor and the next day we're going to a doctor. Like she's got a whole right. new fleet of doctors now. And, mm. uh, and the business has the flexibility to handle that. And so that's, well, that's why I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> is that flexibility. We're going to use it to travel more and do other things, but right now it's going to be flexibility for her recovery. So that's, mm. that's exciting. I will, keep, about. I will keep you both in my thoughts and, well, and definitely a appreciate that. All right. So you, you shared some of the challenges or, or that you had lots of challenges. What, what was the biggest challenge that you, and how did you push through? Um, okay. I'm going to answer this um, in a way that I hope will be helpful to people listening. And that is, I think what it took me a long time to realize, and I would love to save your folks, the listeners, like um, just master faster in this situation. Is, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, build your own platform. 
it's really, really nice to be on Facebook and on Instagram and all these things that it's great, but build your website, build your name, like you're doing with your podcast, right? You're, it's you, it's your business, it's your methodologies. And you're sharing, you know, first of all, how lucky are all of us to be guests on your podcast? It's, it's really a privilege. And um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to come in here and blabber about myself for a little while <laughs> and learn about you and Jacqueline Whitmore, right? Uh, she's Woo. our connection. But um, make sure that while, while you're building your business, that you have what I call silos of information that you want to be known for. So in my industry, that would mean home organizing or now more um, specializing in building a business, starting a business. So I have things about insurance for entrepreneurs. I have articles written um, about um, the steps to take to start a business. I have articles about branding and marketing for a small business. And when I say small business, I should say micro because it's just me, right? I have a virtual assistant and I occasionally hire out work, other types of jobs. But for a long time, I was putting all of this effort into all of these other platforms, Facebook Live and Instagram. And then it just occurred to me, like, if they continue changing their algorithms and all that stuff, I'm their puppet. I just have to keep dancing a different speed in a different you know, way to make them happy. And I thought, this is just not who I am and it doesn't feel good. So I decided like focus on my blog and streamline things. I love YouTube. I love Twitter. I'm addicted to podcasts um, <laughs> because they're so helpful, right? I mean, I can do a million things. I can vacuum. I can walk around the house. I can do all kinds of things with my um, earbuds in and listening and learning, which I really love. So that's what I would say. Build your platform be wise when you're giving away your time, do your homework, research who you're talking with and spending time with, and um, then be generous. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I Yeah, the platform this last year, if, if, if that hasn't shown that they can just turn it off, right? They can just close your, close your page and your profile and take away your 5,000 followers <laughs> overnight. Right. And and the stock photos that so many people are paying for, right? They're paying for photos because now we know that beautiful photos like on an Instagram feed are what make people stop and look and read and spend a little, uh, like a second longer. <laughs> but do those people pausing and liking and maybe leaving a comment or an emoji, do they turn into paying clients? In my experience, the answer is no. So that's why I thought, okay, this... It's fun, it's nice, but it's you know a mindless scroll, and I don't want to be mindless anymore. I want to just be focused and purposeful and intentional. Boy, I love that, and that's the 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 best way we can end on that advice. And so, thank you so much for sharing today, and just your your positive spirit and attitude, and and that's certainly shows me why you've been successful in business. Um, and of course, your natural penchant for organizing has probably helped. <laughs> well, thank you again for inviting me. Um, I'm sending healing wishes to you and your wife. And um, I just can't express, I think what you're doing for people in this podcast is just amazing. So thank you. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you 
at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Glenn Stromberg and Robert talk about his journey from mobile home sales to owning his own manufactured home franchise to running an investment company which serves tenants who need quality homes and investors looking for a place to create a revenue stream. He shares his heart for the Lord and how making God the CEO of his business really changed everything.